has all the knowledge you want. Malik books has all the knowledge you need. Malik books. Yeah, they have all the books that the whole wide world wanna read. Malik books. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Malik's Book Show, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. We had an explosive week. I was able to interview a celebrity photographer, Corel Augustus, and his new book just came out called Black Hollywood Reimagining Iconic Movies. This is an extraordinary book because it took Actors and actresses that are black, and he reimagined them in movies like Breakfast at Tiffany, Black to the Future, King Kong, and Charlie Chaplin, and so many others. I can go on and on because it's a beautiful picture, uh, art book with nothing but beautiful, colorful photographs of all the people you see in all the movies and entertainment. I also have on this feature episode a continuation of the Bobby Sharp talks that I started about three episodes ago. So I believe this should be episode four. And so I'm going to continue with these Bobby Sharp talks because I really think they're raw, they're exciting, and they, you know, have someone's deep rooted opinions and beliefs. And there's no sugarcoating. And it's men talking to men. So enjoy that part four of the Barbershop Talks. And uh, the name of this episode is called Black Hollywood. Because we took over Hollywood with 400 people in attendance at the big book launch of Black Hollywood reimagining iconic movies. Let me tell you who showed up because it was, well, at least I'm going to tell you a little bit of who showed up because it was like about 15 actors and actresses in the book that showed up. But Amber West, Tiffany Hines, Rochelle Atis, Marla Gibbs, 91 years old in the house, Eugene Bird, Kelly Pratt, Jessica Rabbit, and so many more showed up. And it was the largest book signing I ever participated in. I mean, the table of 13 people Signing one book was amazing. And they was only supposed to be an hour, but they was there until the conclusion of the event. Signed everybody's book. And it was just 400 people having a good old time calling it Black Hollywood. So, hey, episode 44. We're honored to have Corel Augustus. The celebrity photographer, author of Black Hollywood, which just released today, Imagine, reimagining iconic movie moments. Well, I'm going to have to interview him for what? Malik's Bookshelf, bringing a world together with books, culture and community. Now that I got you in my space, Corel, I got to interview you from a podcast. <laughs> Today is the release day. How you feel and tell me the emotions and so forth that you are feeling today that, that your book has been released. Man, it's 12 a 12-year journey, right? 12-year journey. The first shot was February 2010, and uh, it, just, it feels surreal. If somebody woke me up from a dream right now, would make, that would make better sense. <laughs> but it's, it feels phenomenal. Uh, it's being received really well, and I'm just excited about it. I'm happy that the world's going to have a chance to see it. 
and uh, hopefully everybody enjoys it, you know? And I'll be here doing volume two, momentarily. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a wonderful and beautiful picture. Tell us about some of the pictures in the book and some of the actors and actresses that you have in this wonderful, beautiful book. Yeah, we got Shamar Moore, we got Vivica Fox, we got Lauren London, we got both Vanessa Williams. We have the dearly departed Nelson Ellis and uh, Blair Underwood, Michael J. White, uh, Omari Hardwick. You know, some and of the, the list just goes the on. List and goes on. on. Jay Ellis, who's in Top Gun right now, one of the most biggest grossing films of all time. Aldous Hodge, yeah. who's going to be in Black uh, Adam in a week and a half. So he has two premieres. He has Black Hollywood and he has Black Adam. And I'm happy to have I'm happy to have them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah, it's just a phenomenal time, and the timing is. Well, let's fantastic. break it down because it's reimagining iconic movie moments. So basically, what you're doing, they like, describe what you did and tell us about the, some of the actors and actors and what pictures that you shoot them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I did was I, I basically took all the film, a lot of the films and imagery that we know and love from watching TV in this country and. You know, we grew up with these characters just like everybody else, but for whatever reason, they didn't look like us, and nobody thought it was important for them to look at us, look like us, and and you know, apply whatever lifestyle they had to our own. So what I did was I just asked, you know, Vanessa Williams to come back and do Cleopatra. Hello. Because <laughs> she's always been a Cleopatra in my eyes. Right. And right. Um, you know, for the cover, we had the one and only Miss Amber Stevens West. And we know for a fact, historically, Cleopatra was a black woman from Egypt. That's what they, that's what we know for a fact. <laughs> yeah, but when they casted it, it they was get a whole different story. <laughs> and then people go out believing that, and we never f- develop a sense of um, self-worth. Yes, Yeah, yes. based on imagery. Yes, you know? yes. We and, always get otherwise other otherized and and written out of our own stories. Yes. But that changed today. That changed today. That changed today. Because we got Black Hollywood right. reimagining iconic movie moments. Who else you have cast in, in the pictures that you cast them in? Yeah, I got Kyla Pratt as Bewitched. Uh-huh. So she's on a broom flying <laughs> through the sky. She's giving you that look because we all know what we're doing here. And that's why I wanted actors and actresses because I wanted people to be able to emote emotions and emote, you know, the fact that we understand what's happening, but mm-hmm. do you? That's what that's what the trick is. There's yeah. a couple of nuggets yeah. in the book that I want people to sort of figure out for themselves. Well, well on the front cover, you have Breakfast at Tiffany. Who is this? That's Amber Stevens West. She is a uh, beautiful, and she used to be on a TV show called Greek. And I only ever wanted her for this picture. I had no idea what, what the cover was ultimately going to be, mm-hmm. but. We chose wisely, and I think it's a great cover. I think it welcomes you into what's happening, and when you flip through the pages, it'll make all it, all of it just ties in together. I, when I saw the cover, I just I knew, oh that's breakfast at Tiffany. You knew it instantly, right? <laughs> instantly. Right. Now you got Back to the Future. That's I got Black to the Future. Black to the Future. <laughs> yeah, that was actually written in the actual picture in the same font as the movie poster, but we got a little freaked out about being sued, so we 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 took out we kept out. <laughs> The words, but you know, I got a special edition that's gonna come, and I'm gonna add it back in there. It okay, okay. We got shiny. We got the shiny with the only Mr. Mr. Blair Underwood. That he, Blair Underwood for me is Hollywood. He's the the king of stage, the king of movies and TV. Mm-hmm. Like, what more do you need? Yes. And yes. Uh, I was floored when he said he would uh, pose for me and do the book, and. Um, I had some stuff to show him. Uh, he actually just started following me on Instagram. 
Okay. So, okay. Okay. Which is actually a big deal a because big deal. now they see that I didn't waste the time. Yeah, and yeah. it was worthy of mm-hmm. them uh, participating. And so um, I know somebody played King Kong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When she, when, you know, in the movie King Kong, you know, the white woman, you know, subdued the, you know, the savage beast. <laughs> Who did you cast for that one? <laughs> yeah, that is uh, the beautiful Rochelle Yates. And she also ended up on the calendar, the cover, the cover of the calendar. And it was just certain people that had just a certain quality about them that made mm-hmm. the shot make more sense. And when I asked her to be photographed, um, that was one we had to do sort of in post. Mm-hmm. And I could see that, you know, she didn't quite, it didn't like make sense, mm-hmm. but she trusted the, the, the process. The process. And I, it's one of my favorite shots. Yes. And yes. that's actually my hand on the cover. Okay, that's your that hand. That is my hand, okay. yeah. Because I looked and looked and looked in Hollywood at prop houses trying to find a, a great replica of the hand, and I just couldn't find one. So I see, I see. we did the next best thing. Now, now we did a launch party, the Pop Black Hollywood launch party. Come on now, that this was last hot. seven. Come on. <laughs> hot. Come on, like seriously, I do. I, I'm going to be high off that for probably a year. Yes. Yeah. If I get down and out about anything, that was a massive book signing. That was a massive book. You had that. about what? 12, 13 celebrities that you shot in your book, Black Hollywood, appear? Yeah, I don't even know how many we had. Um, I didn't even count, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I do know it wasn't even, a, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a quarter of the people that's in the book, mm-hmm. but it was a perfect amount because, as you know, that signing took about three hours. Yes, yeah. And, and yeah. we didn't really factor that in or anticipate that, but, mm-hmm. but we just tried to meet the moment. The crowd was so massive, 400 plus. And you had 91-year-old Marla Gibbs in the house. Legendary. <laughs> Legendary. And she Legendary. signed every book in front of her. She signed every book in front of her, and she smiled, and she took pictures. And she's all over my friends' Facebook and Instagram, my family members. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to give people a moment that don't have those moments that, you, that we saw our whole lives. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, what you cast I, her in in the book, no? I did a, I did a, it was an old, it wasn't a very specific shot. I just wanted to do her, because when you have a, a, a legend like Marla Gibbs, you just want to honor her, mm-hmm. right? You just want to honor her. And I just said, let's do an old Hollywood throwback with the lighting and the, the clothes she had on. And it worked perfect. And it yeah, worked perfect. It worked perfect. Moving on up. <laughs> George Devinson <laughs> met his match. Yes, 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 yes. Man, that, I mean, the, the party was off the chain. Did you have a good time? We had a wonderful time. We nice. partied, we signed books, we sold books, we sold calendars, and the crowd was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was, they were beautiful. People yeah. wore their, yeah, their dress to, down, dress. red carpet affair. That's right. You know, we took tons of pictures, videos. <laughs> And, and Hollywood is still buzzing from it. Articles now are being written. You just oh, had man. one come out today. Today, uh, LA Times just wrote an article about the book, which I'm really excited about. And man, it's 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 cloud nine. We just we just made sure Oprah got her copy of the book. Yeah. You know, so you made sure you signed it though before you sent it, right? We sent it direct, but hopefully <laughs> okay. she'll call me so I can sign it. Oh yeah, hello. in her presence. That's right. Yeah, I, I met Oprah. She actually have a wristband of mine, and we have a great picture together. She goes, "When you're ready, bring it to me." Hello. And hello. I'm ready. You ready? I'm hey, ready. You went now. through twelve years. That's right. You forged through doubters. <laughs> you forged through the naysayers. Oh. You forged through the controversy. Oh. Come on, tell us about. 
your experience because you didn't give up. You perseverance. That's right. Talk to us, brother. Talk to yeah, us. Yeah, well, I don't quit things. If I start something, I mean, that's that's actually a blessing and a curse <laughs> because I'm sort of obsessive about it. So if I say I'm going to do something, then then I'm going to do it. You know, you know how when you can see the progress of something like if there's a field of leaves and somebody gave me a rake yes, I yes. would get so much satisfaction out yes. of raking and watching my progress happen yes, and yes. that's how I that's how I approached this every single shot that I did and sometimes it was multiple shots I could see the progress happening mm-hmm. so you know somebody said to me hey did you, you did you ever think about quitting I said no they said you didn't I said I did not they said did you ever you didn't, You never woke up saying forget this I'm over and I'm done mm-hmm. I said no I said that all the time yes, yes, but then I would yes. have that moment and then go get back right get back, back at, at it. it because one of my favorite adages is if you quit you are guaranteed to fail absolutely well said so, brother. absolutely and, and like I said Saturday night they didn't know I had my grandmother's blood pumping through my veins they didn't know that they the didn't naysayers know that. <laughs> the people who thought we were going to stop mm-mm <laughs> I never saw that. It's a controversial book. You know, you know, we but, just but was but coming off the heels mm-hmm. of controversy about Black Mermaids, the Disney cast. <laughs> now you just popped in here with the new book, Black Hollywood, yeah, reimagining iconic they're gonna, movie they're gonna, that, they're gonna think there was all time to be happening at the same time. You know, they're gonna think we it was calculated. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. I actually worked on those shots with Ariel like three years ago. She was the sweetest girl on a back lot over at uh, Disney. And just shooting all of the uh, test shots. And she was singing. She was great. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that all this stuff happened. It's coming at wow. the same time. At the same time. At the we same time. We need to ride that way because they That's say rhyming. controversial sales. That's right, dude. That's what I said. You want to burn some books? Yeah. I'll bring the fuel. Just buy them. Yeah. Throw them in the dumpster. Let's get them. Right. Uh, as long as we register that sale, I'm good. I don't care right. what you do with it. That's right. right. Just right. register the sale. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, I know you working on part two. Oh, part two is reimagining iconic movie moments. Yeah, and ads. We're gonna do ads from the '40s, '50s, '60s. Okay, okay. And we're gonna do like a Ryan Murphy thing, where a lot of people from Volume One has already agreed to come back to Volume Two and do something cool and different. So I'm like, whew. So now they trust me. Yeah, they got pull no arms. They ain't gonna pull no arms. No strings. I, they already lined I it up. For, <laughs> I don't have to be strung around for a year like Shaka Khan did me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then people don't want me to call people's names. I said, listen, I'm not going to lie on anybody. Mm-hmm. I won't lie on you. You're right. If, right, it's not, right. if it's not appealing what happened, that's not on me. It's the truth. It's, you know, I love Shaka I grew up Shaka Khan with Shaka Khan. Yeah. Ain't nobody. Come on. We all love that song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, the whole thing is that you got to pay it for it. I mean. That's right. A lot of them already, man, you know, got a leg up. They're already there. So you up and coming. Mm-hmm. Why should we be controversial? We should be the first ones lining up. So, oh, yeah, you need this shot for that. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful idea. I'm, I'm there. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. And you made it happen despite. Despite. And now you got the big, beautiful, black Hollywood reimagining iconic movie moments released today. That's right. <laughs> We're blessed to have you uh, here Thank signing. Uh-uh. We got signed copies personalized right here at Malik Books. That's right. We got some stock. If you want a personalized signed copy, you got to come to Malik Books. We got them. You ain't got to go nowhere. Come to, you know, it's your neighborhood. That's right. Yes. That's right. It's, it's very important for me to have the book here. 
I walked in here a few months ago and I just I was I fell in love with the because this is what we need. This you you are the manifestation, this bookstore of this book. Thank you, thank you. You know, thank it you. really truly honestly is because why can't I walk into a bookstore and see mostly books about people that look like me and have the melanin? Yeah. And that's not against everybody else, which no. is what they want to turn it to. Not a knock at all. Uh, representation matters. But that's only because people get uncomfortable. Yes. And blackness and black art has to be explained. Yes. And I'm tired of explaining it. If you feel a certain way, call your therapist. Call your therapist. It ain't, I don't have nothing to do with how you feel. <laughs> no, whatsoever. And I ain't explaining it so because you Because that's better. your insecurity. 100%. <laughs> yes. So, people are crazy. So, my thing is, I never want to miss anything out. So, like, if you had to describe your new book in one word, what would it be? Fantastical. Fantastical. That's right. That's the word that I... Because right. I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I used to be real self-conscious about being um, uh, complimentary of myself. Because mm -hmm. that's what society teaches us. Yes. But the truth of the matter is, it is. Mm -hmm. And not only because of the, the subject matter, it, but everything. The time it took to happen, the people that's involved. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what it is. Uh, I had a conversation with Aldous Hodge, who's in here with his brother. Okay. And he was like, you know, because I was always concerned about seeing people I shot three, four, five years ago. And I'm like, dude, you're wasting my time. Like, you're wasting my time. And he goes, dude, the beauty is you have this body of work shot over amount of time. He designs watches. And he goes, okay. I have been designing a watch for 12 years myself. Mm. And mm. it's not any easier because I'm in all these movies. It's actually harder because I have to go and I can't focus on it. He likes the little intricate, tiny pieces. Okay. And he's an amazing watch designer. People don't know that. So... I thought about it, and he's younger than me, and he's had a, all this wisdom about it, and I just thought about, wow, that's that's pretty phenomenal. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, you're an artist. You are a celebrity photographer. Yes, sir. How would you describe yourself in one word? Fantastical. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I seriously, I, I, would, I would describe myself as um, just focused. Just focus, mm -hmm. and despite the distractions and despite the the hurdles, you just gotta you know shake it off and, and just stay focused. And so you're about to um, partake in your national book tour. Tell us all about that. What you got lined up? Yeah, uh, tomorrow I'll be in uh, D.C. <laughs> and then I go home to uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and I get to I get to see people I went to high school with, people that made fun of me when I had a camera. Mm. But we ain't gonna talk about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I get to see uh, my old art teacher and uh, people from the neighborhood and, and just um, old classmates. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. So you telling me that this, you knew you wanted to be a photographer? Oh, I had a camera in the seventh grade. In the seventh grade. In the seventh grade. Wow. 110 film. Wow. So this was your passion at a very early age. Yeah, pictures of Janet Jackson when I was young made me want to be a photographer because, you know, it's Janet. It's Janet. And yes, she yes. always looked really, really good and yes. certain lighting. I just wanted to learn and know how to do it and mm -hmm. understand it myself. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, before the pandemic, I was taking a photography class. Oh, uh, just come to set with me. Hello. Just come to set. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. Oh, yeah, because, you know, I take a thousand pictures. <laughs> I'm an amateur, but... It's always been my hobby. I, I uh, took a class. I went to USC, yeah. and I took a photography class, an elective. Um, yeah. At that time, you know, they showed us how to do the dark room and uh -huh. develop our pictures. Right. And um, 
you know, out of 200 people, um, my picture finished third place. Okay. I don't know. You know. I don't understand judging art. Like, okay, something won, but what, like... It's it's like it's like that saying that says beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Absolutely, so, it is. It is. I always, is. I never really entered photo competitions because I'm like, my grandmother will like it. She'll choose mm -hmm. mine as number one, or she'll choose as number two. But what are you have to know the person that's looking at it and yes, what, what's yes. appealing to them because yes. we all look through photography books. And we all know what we like, and if I'm judging something, chances are I'm gonna sort of gravitate towards that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. What if, I, you know, I didn't even know I took a picture that could be turned right. any direction, and it. it was up right. That was the it. crazy part. I didn't even know it ended up like that because I took it shooting. He was laying on the track, and I took him shooting down after the workout, and he was exhausted, and he was tired. I said, this is my picture right here, and I took it, and I was standing on something. He was laying on the ground, and the, and the, and the instructor, he, said, he asked the class. He said, hey, tell me something unique about this picture, and I was like, I and I, he was asking the clothes class. I didn't know. He said, "You." and he said, look at this. You can turn it this way. It's upright. You can turn it this way. It's upright. You yeah. can turn it this way. It's upright. And that got me third place. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Tell a friend. Come get it at Malik Books. Let's get it. Let's get it. Black Hollywood. Reimagine iconic movie movements. Corell Augustus, a phenomenal photographer. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know you've been enjoying the Bobby Shot Toxica. Here come episode four. Enjoy. At, at what point do we take responsibility for our own actions? We don't. We don't take responsibility and we need to by told, looking in the mirror. Man, Why would you say we don't when is it when you're responsible if you have a child to feed, you're responsible to clean yourself, feed yourself, you're a grown man. Black crime ain't the same as white on black or black on white. If if I gun you down, it don't matter as much as if a white dude do it. Well, if a white dude gun you down, they'll create a movement. But if a black man gun you down, there's no movement. Don't say nothing. They don't say, don't nothing. say nothing. If a black man gun you down, don't we snitch. about to go in the neighborhood and shoot up all the other black don't people. Snitch. We gonna go. We gonna ride tonight. We gonna make sure these niggas feel up. <laughs> so, so, reality is that is. But we gonna make sure these niggas feel us. Mm -hmm. You hear the verbiage that we use? We gonna make sure these niggas feel us. Right, right. We 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 speak very vile to each other and. And we, do, and we degrade ourselves. So isn't isn't that our responsibility to change our reality? That's right. Is it really the it white is. man's responsibility? No, or is it ours? It's ours. I believe it's, it's ours. ours. It's our responsibility. So if we so we can complain about white supremacy, we can complain about all this and all that. But in reality, in reality we we we're responsible to, to change our condition. In reality, in reality it goes back to self. In reality, we know better, but we don't do better. Do we know? Absolutely, we got more information. We the most educated black people today, and yet we got, yet our condition ain't broke. We think sugar sweeter. That's why. <laughs> we think why sugar We got sweeter. more knowledge than any black people right. on Man, the planet. Look here, look here. We think but yet people come over here and they they do for self. Mm -hmm. They create a reality. They create their own community, their own neighborhoods. Yeah. We got we mo we the most educated black people on the planet, but yet we we don't leverage that. Remember. That $1.5 trillion that comes through our hands working in America, we still are dependent and we're consumers with that money. We don't make taller paper. We don't make our clothes is on our back. You know, we don't we don't develop hospitals and schools and neighborhoods. But we got all this knowledge. We got all these degrees. We got billionaires. 
We got all that. So who's real responsible to change our condition? Because it seemed like we complained all day and all night about all the problems that go on in our community. That we don't have respect for my woman. We got teenage pregnancy. We got fast food on every corner. We got all of these issues that's plaguing us in our neighborhoods, but yet nothing has changed. Black on black crime is still high. Police brutality is still high. Nothing changes. And it don't seem like we galvanize our energy, our strength, and our brotherhood and our sisterhood to make a real, real change. All right, well, well let's look at it. Let's look at what, what, what's the root of that, though. The root of us not taking responsibility for ourselves, because I believe, this is my personal opinion, mm -hmm. I believe because we have been made over a certain period of time to hate self. And we've been taught self-hate so long that it's automatically is up in us to just hate. You know what I'm saying? So at and, what point? Because because when you think about it, like for example, well that's why I use books to change the conversation about this self race. Let me say this. So for example, here we are in the barber industry, right? Here I am in the barber shop. On videos, I'm so I'm on videos that 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 dealing with black history, black culture, black religion, all of these things. This is what I'm teaching. This is what I'm showing people. It don't even move their soul. It don't, you know how Jesus said in the Bible, Jesus said, I have been piping onto you all day long. You have not danced. Meaning I've been teaching you all this beautiful knowledge. It don't even move your soul. But the moment a Caucasian or in the History Channel <laughs> say the same exact thing that I've been telling them, they come running here like it's the gospel news, like it's the gospel truth. Oh my God, Widow. brother, did you hear yeah. this? So the point is, we have to get out of Self-hatred. We only want to accept things that come from other races and we reject what come from our yeah, own we self. Yeah. We don't move mm -hmm. toward our history unless some Caucasian or some big government organization. We're trained not to, to listen to each other. That's my point. So yeah, we're so educated not to listen so to ourselves. We have to and get back where we educate each other. We have to educate each other. We don't educate each other because we're too we don't we don't want to accept the reality of what we live under. Because to accept the truth means you have to now make a change. And according to the society we live in, they have made us comfortable being with the change of being ignorant. So it comes back, it comes back that we we know the problem. Like you said, you your root is self-hatred. The, 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 the self-hatred, which is real. I mean, that's why we, you know, Malik books exist. That's why we got gangs. Self-hatred. Well, I think there's a reason why we have gangs. Uh, yeah. This don't necessarily stem all together because of self-hatred, because some of us look for brotherhood and sisterhood. Some of us look for family because our families have been just decimated. You yeah. know, the drugs in our communities have affected us. Gang, we'll you see know, what see what happens. But what's that? We our quote unquote yeah. be ourselves. That's just that's we the self-hatred. Latino, you be like, oh, that's that ain't that, that ain't nothing but a, but a yeah. Latino. But we see what our where you from, nigga? Where where you where you go? Where you stay at? Well, I gotta tell you all that. I don't even know you, bro. Right. But you, but you got your, your well, hand that, on my it's neck. Willie it's Willie Lynch. It's Willie Lynch. It's still in effect. We yeah. suffer from black inferiority and self hatred. Absolutely, it goes down. Now, some black people probably hear this and say, "Oh, I don't suffer from black inferiority. I don't suffer from self hatred." All right, peace, brother. Thank you, thank you. But the reality is, enough of us do. If this, if the shoe don't fit, then I'm not talking about you. You know, if you throw a bone at a pack of dogs, the only one that holler is the one that got hit. <laughs> so you might need to examine, you know, whether or not 
you one of them dogs that got hit because the reality is that we have to move together. Enough of us, that is. Not all of us. Enough of us have to move together in order to achieve a desired result. That's called inertia. So we don't have enough of us to change this reality, but we got to find a way to do so. So this self-hatred, this black inferiority, the question is, what do we do amongst our own selves to try to change this? Stay tuned next week for part five of Barbershop Talks. Thanks for listening to Malik's Bookshelf, where topics on the shelf are books, culture, and community. Be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. Check out my Instagram at Malik Books. See you next time.